check out our websites, BibleQuery.org. This site answers 7,700 Bible questions. HistoryCart.com. This site reveals early church history and doctrine proving Roman Catholicism is not historically or doctrinally viable. MuslimHope.com. This site is a classic refutation of Islam, a counterfeit religion created by Muhammad. Free newsletters are also available. Hello, this is Larry Wessels with just a quick message to our viewers to check out our main YouTube channel, Sea Answers TV, which stands for Christian Answers Television, where we have all of our over 610 videos posted. By going there, you can see all of our videos organized by playlist, categorized by subjects. Once you scroll down past our Bible Prophecy trailer at the top of the channel page, the playlist begin. You'll see our recent uploads playlist, followed by our most popular videos playlist, followed by our playlist on Jehovah's Witnesses, then Islam, the Muslim religion, then Roman Catholicism, Darwin's metaphysical evolution religion, Seventh-day Adventism, dealing with anti-Trinitarians and early church history, our multiple playlists, which includes God-hating atheists, phony TV preachers and King James onlyists, dealing with UFOs, ghosts, spiritual warfare, our radio shows with national Christian authors and our music bids, the black Muslims, Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam, Mormonism, hell, lake of fire, unpopular Bible doctrines, antichrist, cults, new age and world religions. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, Jonathan Edwards, and Spanish videos, end times, supernatural prophecies, and tough Bible questions, and our playlist dealing with predestination, Arminianism, and Calvinism. Our YouTube channel is built to help people learn the Bible and defend their Christian faith against false prophets that come against it from every side, Jude verses 3 and 4. At the time of this recording, our channel has already been blessed with over 6 million viewings and over 10,000 subscribers. And now, for our main video presentation. If a Christian had gone into a Christian bookstore 25 or 30 years ago to buy a book on the religious cults, I think without question they would have found a section on Roman Catholicism. If they go into a Christian bookstore today to buy a similar book, they will not find a section on Roman Catholicism. So is Roman Catholicism Christian or is it cultic? I suppose it depends on what your definition of a cult is. 
Personally, I look for four features that are often found in the cults. The four features are these. A cult usually has an earthly head or founder. Second point is they will have an authority which is in addition to or in place of the Bible. Thirdly, they will have a wrong view of the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And fourthly, as a consequence, they will have a wrong view of salvation. And when you look at Roman Catholicism, you find that it qualifies on all four points. An earthly head or founder. The Pope is declared to be the visible head of the church. Yet the scriptures know only one head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. The foundation stone of the Christian church is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Yet Rome would claim that Peter is the foundation stone. So Rome qualifies on point number one. Secondly, an additional authority uh, in place of the scripture. Yes, they give a place to the scriptures, but they say that sacred tradition along with the Bible makes up the word of God. So yes, they have an additional authority. Now what about the person and work of Christ? I have been told, but sure, the Christ of Roman Catholicism is the Christ of the scriptures. Is he? I think it's interesting to look at the relationship between Christ and Mary in the scriptures and Christ and Mary in the Roman Catholic Church. And what you find in the Roman Catholic Church is that Christ has been robbed and Mary has been robed with attributes that belong to Christ alone. Christ alone was uniquely, immaculately conceived without sin because he had no earthly father, no son of Adam was his father. Therefore he was born without sin. But Rome says, no, Mary was immaculately conceived. The Lord Jesus Christ alone lived a sinless life. He knew no sin. He did no sin. There was no sin found in him. But Rome says, no, Mary lived a totally sinless life. When it comes to our salvation, the Bible says that Christ, through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God. But Pius XII said, no, Mary offered Christ on Golgotha to the eternal Father. So she is offering her son up, whereas the scripture says that Christ offered himself. Christ today reigns alone in heaven. He is seated in glory, the King of kings and Lord of lords. But the Catholic Catechism tells us that Mary is the Queen of heaven. The Bible tells me that Christ is the one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. The Bible tells me that if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. But the Catholic Catechism says no Mary is a mediatrix and that she is an advocate. So we can immediately see that the Christ, the person of Christ in the scriptures is very different from the person of the Christ in Roman Catholicism. Now when we come to the work of Christ, we find that the Bible teaches that the work of Christ was all sufficient. It says, by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Is that what the Roman Catholic Church teaches? Paragraph 1473 of the Catholic Catechism says, The forgiveness of sin and the restoration of communion with God entail the remission of the eternal punishment of sin, but temporal punishment of sin remains. In other words, Rome is saying that the sacrifice of Christ has dealt with the problem of eternal punishment, but God still imposes a temporal punishment which the cross of Christ does not satisfy. And so you as an individual Catholic, you have to discharge that temporal punishment, either in this life through the trials and sorrows and miseries, or you suffer after death in a place called purgatory. So the Christ of Calvary, his work, according to the scriptures, is totally sufficient to take people to heaven. 
He has once suffered for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. But Rome says, no, he has only partially suffered, and you have to include your sufferings and all the rest to get yourself to heaven. So they have a wrong view of the person and the work of Christ. So in other words, they have a wrong view of salvation. The Bible says that Christ saves to the uttermost all those who come unto God by him. But Rome says, no, Christ has done his bit. You have to do your bit. So without doubt, the Roman Catholic religion is the largest religious cult in the world. When one is considering Roman Catholicism, one of the things that you find is that the authority under which the Roman Catholic must live is not restricted to the scriptures alone. He is also bound by what is known as sacred tradition. And then hovering above both the Bible and sacred tradition, you have the magisterium. The magisterium will tell you what the scriptures supposedly mean. They will all you tell you, also tell you what constitutes tradition. So the Bible and tradition are both under the authority of the magisterium. Now, is that what we find in the scripture? I think it's good to look at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he was contending with the, the devil uh, in the desert being tempted, he constantly referred to the written word of God. It is written. And then when he was debating with the Pharisees, he said, you do err, not knowing the scriptures. He referred again to the scriptures. Then after his resurrection, he met the, the two downcast disciples on the road to Emmaus. And they could relate to him all the events that had happened, but they didn't understand the significance of them. So the Lord Jesus Christ opened up the scriptures, beginning with Moses and all the prophets. He referred again to the written word of God. And he also said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not, make you, uh, shall not pass away. The scriptures are able to make a person wise unto salvation. They are also able to sanctify the believer. Uh, I, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. There's no reference here to sacred tradition. There's no reference here to the teachings of man. In fact, the Lord Jesus Christ condemned tradition. He said to the Pharisees that through your tradition you made the word of God of none effect. And what were Peter's instructions when he was responding to the high priest? He said, we ought to obey God rather than man. The only authority that the Christian bows to is the inscripturated word of God, which the Lord Jesus Christ said is truth. You know, obviously, if a tradition, if a church has a particular tradition, a particular way of doing something, as long as it doesn't violate the word of God, then I don't have a problem with it. But the problem is that when somebody comes up with a tradition which clearly contradicts the Word of God, then who do you believe? Well, you go with the Word of God, not the tradition. Uh, the Roman Catholic Church claims to have the power to create saints. Uh, there is a process. Uh, first of all, the dead person is beatified. They are beatified on the basis that they have lived a holy life, that they are now considered to be in heaven, and that they may now be venerated. And then, a little further down the line, they may be canonized, and this takes place at St. Peter's Basilica. And this is when the person actually becomes a saint. For that to happen, they have to be credited with answering prayers which lead to two miracles. And instead of being now, it's optional that you venerate them, 
they must be venerated. Now, does any human agency have the power to create saints? The answer is no, because the reality is that all true believers are saints. It means to be sanctified, to be set apart unto God. And that happens when a true believer is born again of the Spirit of God. The scriptures talk regularly of the saints. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he has done to thy saints at Jerusalem. I was speaking of the Apostle Paul. And Paul himself said, And many of the saints did I shut up in prison, etc. And another verse says, And it came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down also to the saints which dwell at Lydda. So all the early New Testament converts were regarded as saints. Romans say, yes, that was the early practice, but now the church, it's restricted, and the church has the authority to create saints. In the pocket Catholic dictionary, it says, it was early restricted to persons who were eminent in holiness and whom the church honors as saints by a solemn definition called canonization. So they, for whatever reason, have decided that what happened in the scripture is no longer applicable and that they have the power to deem someone to be a saint. All I would say is simply this. If a person is not a saint, that is sanctified, set apart in Christ when they die, they are in hell. Uh, there is great pressure from many quarters urging evangelicals and Catholics to get together to proclaim the gospel. And we hear this expression, the gospel, used so many times. Now, personally, I have searched, usually in vain, for a clear definition in Roman Catholicism as to what is the gospel. In an official pocket Catholic dictionary, it talks of a variety of nuances of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have a book by a Father Henry Newman. It's called Creative Ministry. And he says the core of the gospel you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and you must love your neighbor as yourself. So for Father Newman, the core of the gospel is really a summary of the Ten Commandments. The first four tell you how to love God. The last six tell you how to love your neighbor. That is a false gospel. The gospel is not telling man what he must do. The gospel is telling man what Christ has done. And the good news is that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. What does it mean he died for our sins according to the scriptures? Well, as predicted and prophesied in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. In other words, all that was necessary for a believer to have peace with God was laid upon Christ on the cross. Rome denies that. And so they have a false gospel. And so the scriptures teach that True believers are not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And I'm sure people listening will know the rest of that quotation. Evangelical Christians should not unite with Rome because Rome has a false gospel. We hear much talk, particularly at missionary conventions, about the Great Commission. But some people today seem to see the Great Commission in terms of a moral crusade. If you look at the 1994 ECT document, we read in section 4 uh, that the signatories will contend together 
for a whole shopping list of particular issues, such as that politics, law and culture must be secured by moral truth, for religious freedom, for the legal protection of the unborn, to resist euthanasia, eugenics, population control, contend together for schools that transmit our cultural heritage, for parental choice in education and against pornography. This sounds like a political manifesto, a moral crusade. It's interesting to read what Pastor Tom Watson wrote in his book, The Redefining of a Christian, and here I quote, when morality becomes an end in itself, then all who unite toward that end become your brothers. This new morality has not only the potential to unite Catholics and Evangelicals, but all religions of the world. This new morality redefines the believer. I think we need to bear in mind a quotation, and I think it comes from Vance Havner. He said, the function of the church is to evangelize the world, not to Christianize it. There are people today trying to impose what they term as Christian values upon unbelievers. That is not the purpose of the Great Commission. The Great Commission is concerned with the sin issue which is common to all mankind. And we will never deal with these problems which are listed unless we first deal with the root cause which is the sinful heart of man. And only the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. As many people know, in March 1994, a document called Evangelicals and Catholics Together, the Christian Mission for the Third Millennium, uh, was published in America. And we have an expression in Ireland which says that when America sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. In other words, what happens in America will eventually impact the rest of the world. And sure enough, in uh, 1998, at the end of July, Ireland got its own version of the ECT document. Uh, one of the major signatories to the first document, Dr. J.I. Packer, came to Ireland and for two days in company of a priest called Father Pat Collins, he promoted this document, ECT Ireland. And uh, personally, it was extremely sad to see the performance of this man who had previously been held in high esteem, trying to justify how evangelicalism could somehow be married together with Roman Catholicism. And so, yes, the ECT uh, document of 94 has had an impact in Ireland. It has once more fueled the fire of false ecumenism. Uh, it, it tends to die down from time to time, but then perhaps through charismatic experiences, uh, Roman Catholics saying I've had a charismatic experience, liberal Protestants saying the same, therefore we must unite and promote ecumenism, and uh, that will maybe stoke the, the fires of ecumenism for a while. And then, as I say, we have the CCT coming along once more to fan the flames. So this has done great damage to the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and has certainly impacted in Ireland. Hello, this is Larry Wessels, Director of Christian Answers of Austin, Texas, Christian Debater. And I'd like to let you know that free newsletters are available from our ministry. Just email us 
at cdebater at aol.com. And give us your mailing address, and we'll mail them out to you for free. You can also call us at 512-218-8022 and leave your address there. You can also access all our newsletters online by going to one of our three websites called BibleQuery.org. Once on the homepage, simply click on the Experience box and then scroll down to the newsletter section as shown here. Since our number one most watched video of the over 548 videos we have produced for YouTube at the time of this recording is Unpopular Bible Doctrines number one, The Biblical God No One Wants to Know, with over 433,000 viewings, our latest newsletter is called Unpopular Topic, How Sovereign is God. Our second most viewed YouTube video is Six-Year-Old Wife of Muhammad was okay by the Muslim God Allah, but not by the Biblical God of Jesus, with over 341,000 viewings. We also have three newsletters available on Islam. Our video, Debate, Larry Wessels versus Two Jehovah's Witnesses at a University Study Center, currently has close to 150,000 views. See our newsletter on the Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses, Deceived Deceivers. Our video, Is Jesus God Almighty in the Flesh, Meaning the Second Person of the Trinity, or is he something else, has over 101,000 viewings. See our newsletter, Testimony to the Eternal Godhead, the Trinity. Our video, Biography, the famous 19th century Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, a man of God, has close to 89,000 views. See two of our newsletters with lead articles from sermons by Spurgeon. Our video, UFOs, Ancient Aliens or Beings of the Fourth Dimension, number one, fact or fiction, has over 207,000 viewings. Not only do UFOs and the occult use the same disciplines such as levitation, teleportation of objects, psychokinesis, clairvoyance, automatic writing, and telepathy, but their theologies are completely foreign to biblical Christianity. UFO theologies include everything from reincarnation and evolution to man achieving cosmic godhood, but they do not include Jesus Christ as the only mediator between God and man, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. We have two newsletters related to the world of the occult to which UFOs are a part. Our video, Former Roman Catholic Bride of Christ Nun Testifies of Abnormal Life in the Convent, has over 67,000 viewings. Our video featuring former Roman Catholic Rob Zins, who has a Master of Theology from Dallas Theological Seminary, Historical split between Roman Catholicism and the Christ of the Scripture, man's word or God's word, has over 53,000 viewings. See our two newsletters on the subject of Roman Catholicism.
our video, Cult of Ellen G. White Number 1, Beginnings of the 19th Century Religion, called Seventh-day Adventism, has over 48,000 viewings and features former Seventh-day Adventist Wallace Slattery, who has 44 years' experience with this religion. Our playlist, called Dealing with Seventh-day Adventism and Their Prophetess, features 15 videos with 14 hours of material. See our newsletter, Seventh-day Adventism, True or False? For theological music lovers, see our video, Favorite Old-Time Christian Bluegrass Gospel Music, Psalm 98, verses 4 and 5, with over 214,000 viewings. We have also posted several music videos by my own daughter, Marlena Wessels, from her CD, Win This Fight, songs she has written and performed herself. To see our music videos, please go to our main YouTube channel page. Scroll down to our multiple playlists. Arrow over to our playlist called Our Radio Shows with National Christian Authors and Music Vids. Once there, scroll down to the bottom of the playlist where the music videos are listed. I could go on and on, but this should be sufficient for now. Don't forget to check out our main YouTube channel, See Answers TV, which stands for Christian Answers Television, also which has over 19 playlists by topic as you scroll down our channel page.